0: This is Jim Peek at MySuccessGateway.com, and this is part two of our interview with Michael Senoff of HardToFindSeminars.com.
1: I am on the line, Jim. How are you doing
0: today? Excellent. Yeah, you know, I really appreciated your time on the first part of the interview, and there's a few more things that we'd like to cover. One of the things that is coming up for me is audio interviews. Obviously, we're using a lot of them here at MySuccessGateway.com, and you've been doing it for a long time on HardToFindSeminars.com. How can listeners use audio interviews to make more money, even if they're Not sales experts?
1: Well, that's a great question, Jim. The first thing I would say to listeners is doing audio and audio interviews probably on the onset seems like you have to be a real techno geek to learn how to do this. And it's probably a mystery and it sounds really confusing, but it's nothing of the sort. It's actually very, very simple. And there's also some hidden benefits in doing audio and audio interviews and using these to sell whatever product and service you have. But one benefit of doing audio that really stands out is it is cheap. It's extremely inexpensive for the tools that you need to do an audio interview and record and get it published and get it delivered online. There's also another hidden benefit when you're doing audio interviews with people that are designed around selling a product and service you have. And I call it recording magic. For instance, you've invited me to do an interview here for your website. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people listening to it. As you start promoting the website and getting more and more exposure. So do you think I'm going to come on to your show and give my worst effort or a half-hearted effort in providing value to your customers? You are going to get the best of the best from me. At least I hope to deliver the best of the best. And this is what I found. When you're doing an interview with a subject and they know that that audio recording may be broadcast and listened to by hundreds of thousands of people, you better believe they're going to be on their best behavior. And even though they're doing the interview for for free, they're going to give, in most cases, all they have. So I call it recording magic. Your subject that you're interviewing is going to give you their best, and they will many times give you all they know without holding anything back, and they'll do it for free. So this is a great technique, whether you're doing research with no intention of publishing the audio, but because of the positioning you have, you're going to be able to get incredible information from them virtually for free, the same information that they may charge their clients thousands of dollars per hour for. There's another real hidden benefit of doing audio interviews to use to sell and market your products or service. And the thing is, you're really doing them a huge favor because you're educating them in a simple way that is natural to be educated by, and it's through the spoken word. In the end, your customer is really the one who's benefiting you. For example, all of your audios, Jim, here on MySuccessGateway.com, com, who's the real winner of this website? Of course, you're a winner, but the real winner is the listener out there. You interviewing these experts on marketing and advertising and copywriting and advertising testing and by you giving freely and putting this together and providing audios for your website members, they're the real winners. And then your listeners who choose to do audio interviews and provide this content for their prospects and their potential prospects, they're doing them a huge favor and that favor isn't lost, they're going to remember that. They may not buy from you right away, but they may buy from you or become your client years from now because of some valuable piece of information that you provided them on an audio recording, and you never know who's listening to your audios right now or a year from now or five years from now, and that always comes back to you, and that comes back to that natural law of you get what you give, you sow what you reap, the right of reciprocation. It's a nasty little trick, but by you providing all this great great value, it is going to come back to you for sure five and ten times somewhere down the road when you least expect it. And that's another magic benefit of using audio recordings and interviews to promote products and services that you have.
0: I totally agree with that. And just going back to the recording magic point that the subjects will give their best, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, Michael, is the fact that when people get going on an interview, it's really hard for me to interject because they just want to give so much information in such a short period of time.
1: That's true. And you know, as being the interviewers in many cases, like us, it's very tempting to get in and to keep within the interview. You want to be part of the interview, obviously, because you're the producer of the interview, and I feel the same way in many cases. You want to control it. But what I have found is your best bet is to just shut up and let the guy talk. Because after a while, he's not being governed. He's not thinking about being recorded. He's in a groove and he's rolling. And if you just be quiet and listen to the person you're interviewing and don't interject only when it's absolutely necessary then you're doing your listeners the biggest favor because your listeners are really there not to hear you Jim and they're not there to hear me and over the years as I've done audio interviews and recordings you'll notice that I talk less and less many times you'll barely even hear me in the, the interview the beginning or the end of the interview the beginning the end and maybe the short question and then I just shut up and so we got to keep in mind as interviewers what we're trying to accomplish and to understand that the people coming to our sites listening to our audio recordings are really not there to hear us. They're there to listen and learn from the expert that we're interviewing. And I would say anyone considering doing audio interviews this can be one of the hardest things but it can be one of the greatest assets to your audio interviews to not interject too much because understanding that your listeners want to hear the expert unless you're being interviewed on a subject where your position as the expert, in this case, like with me.
0: Absolutely. So can you share with us a few more points that people can make money on with audio?
1: Well, here's something really interesting that you would never think would happen, but as you do these audio interviews with these experts, you are elevated to their status. So if you do enough of these, you in some way become an online celebrity. This is the magic of being the interviewee and we talked about some of the most famous people. Look, Ed Bradley from 60 Minutes just died. He was a Porter, and they ran specials on him, and he was a huge celebrity all because he did great interviews. He was never really an expert, but he was known for being an incredible listener and a great interviewer. Larry King, Oprah, Dr. Phil, Barbara Walters, all these great names are all due to being good interviewers and good listeners, so that celebrity status is something that will naturally come along with you doing audio interviews and recordings of experts. Now, another thing, I call it the luck factor, the more you interview people and the more you stick with interviewing experts on your subject or topic, the more doors open for you. And I can give you countless examples. When you interview someone, like we're talking today, and as we're talking, we're building somewhat of a relationship. And because we've spent this much time on the phone, there's going to be potential opportunities for us to do something, whether it's now or down the road. Doing an audio interview with an expert gives you a license to invite that interviewee to some type of other business arrangement or other joint venture or other business venture. So it's a great way to build rapport and get in the door into the sphere of possibly doing more business just by simply doing an interview with someone and inviting them to do that and spend some time on the phone. So you'll find that you'll get additional business after the initial interview that may be totally unrelated to the initial interview that you did.
0: Yeah, and that's already happening today. I can't talk about it right now, but we've got several things in the You're going to see, the more you interview, the luckier you get.
1: Here's another incredible benefit that's growing by leaps and bounds. I saw the news clip right up on your site when I was looking at my success gateway, and it was a press release on Microsoft coming out with a cordless iPod.
0: My understanding of it is it's like an iPod. You can listen to MP3s on it and what you can do is share those MP3s wirelessly with your friends. So we could take this call and I could have this on my Zoom and then transfer it to your Zoom.
1: See, this is an exciting time for both you and myself because the technology out there is moving so fast. And we talked a little bit about this with iPods and digital recorders and PDAs and cell phones that now can play audio. So if you're a person listening and you're considering using audio to sell a product or service, you have to understand that almost the entire modernized world will have a device that can deliver your audio message and can deliver it in a way where they are almost 100% focused on it. You know, it's like having one of your salesmen right there with your prospect giving your best sales presentation on why they should consider hiring you or buying your product or service. And the hardware is already out there where hundreds of millions of dollars are being spent to educate the public on how to use these devices. Once they know how to use it and you have your audio content, it's just a matter of publishing that content and making that person aware that this content is there, available for them to listen to immediately, probably in most cases for free, and that's going to provide them some benefit by listening.
0: Absolutely, and really, Michael, it's all about syndication and getting the right information into the right people's hands. So if the topic on this particular call is audio interviews, and one person listens to this interview, they know somebody else that wants to get more information on audio interviews, guess what? With a product like a Zoom or RSS or Technorati, they can share that information with other folks that have like interests.
1: That's right, and this kind of fits in some way with that recording magic that we talked about, that your interviewee subjects are going to give their best, because the best audio you have is naturally going to be shared with others. I'll give you a perfect example. My dad sends me these emails and he says, take a look at this. You know the stuff that flies around the internet? It was a video clip of a magician, kind of like a David Blaine magician, doing this magic trick. And he walks into this aquarium and he gets some people around and he does a card trick. He has a girl write her name on this card. And then he flips the card against this aquarium with fish in it. And then there's one card stuck on the aquarium. and and they try and scratch it off, but it's on the inside of the aquarium. And then they run around to the other side of the aquarium and then he actually sticks his hand inside the glass. It goes all the way through and he peels it off the inside of this aquarium. This is with water and fish in there. And it was just so amazing. It, seeing something like that, you naturally want to share it with someone else. So my father-in-law was over here for dinner and I say, Al, you got to check this out. And so I showed him. And then it was my son's birthday over the weekend, so we had the whole family over. And then my wife's my brother was over here, and my father-in-law said, Hey, Leslie, you got to check out this trick. So this is the type of viral stuff you want with your audios. You see, it becomes viral. People want to share it. Now, I want to interject something really important. Why do people want to share that with someone else? Well, I was really the one benefiting by sharing something really cool that would entertain my father-in-law. And then he did the same thing with his son. When you do the recording magic and you interview someone, and they give you a great interview, and you take your time and you that thing, and you make sure it's presented extremely well, and it is high class and done right, that's the type of viral marketing you'll get with your audio. Now, couple that with the technology coming along, with the iPod revolution, and the PDAs, and the cell phones, and the digital players, and the wireless technology, this just plays hand-in-hand hand for natural viral marketing.
0: What are some additional benefits that users and listeners can reap from audio interviews?
1: And Here's something that you're going to find as you're getting started doing these audio interviews and I'm sure you've thought about this. The more audio interviews you do, the more packaging options you have. Each one of your audio interviews can be a standalone product that you can deliver for free, that you can use to promote your website, that you could sell. How many interviews have you done already? Two dozen. Okay, you've done 24 interviews. So as you know, you can take any one of those interviews and you can start packaging them. You can start creating separate products. You can create a 10-CD set of 10 of your interviews on advertising. You can Break them down into subjects on personal development, on copywriting, on marketing, on business, on sales, on telephone sales. And even though you have two dozen interviews, you may be able to create 24 different packages that can appeal to 24 different markets. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes absolute sense.
1: That's leverage. That's leverage. So you could do one audio interview once, like we're doing this two-part interview, but you may be able to create a headline or an angle to promote the audio to 24 different markets, but you've only done the product one time. We're talking about a lot of different things here, and as you get this transcribed and you read through the transcripts, you can come up with all kinds of ideas on how to position and market this one audio. you just got to decide how you want to use it. So anyone out there doing audio interviews as they do more and more interviews, they have immense packaging options, not only for the digital audio, but the transcripts can be packaged into books. As you transcribe each one of the audios, those can be individual books, or you can create a series of interviews. It could be a book on this topic. So your packaging options increase with the more audio content and more audio interviews you do, and those can be sold as well to create additional income.
0: And we work out licensing agreements with the subjects that we're interviewing.
1: That's correct. Another thing, we talk about books. Audio allows you to break the book stereotype. If you ask 100 people out there, how much does a book cost? Most people are going to tell you a book costs anywhere from 10 to $29. Because if you go to a bookstore, that's what a book costs. Rarely do you see books in the bookstore, unless they're the big books that have beautiful graphic arts, you know, the coffee table type books that you see sell for more than that. Well, with audio, you're able to break that book stereotype. We'll talk more about this in my product, how to take a $28 book or idea and turn it into a $3,900 information product. The magic of audio allows you to get out of that pricing stereotype. With what I do, when you're creating information products, you don't want to sell books. Books sell for $10 to $20. You want to sell systems. You want to sell programs. You want to sell seminars. Those sell for thousands. And I advise anyone in this business, if they're selling and marketing audio, to sell them for good margins because that's why we're in business after all to make a profit. Another fear that keeps many people from getting into doing audio interviews is they feel they have to be the expert. And we talked about all the experts out there, Oprah, Larry King, and all these great interviewers. And you must understand you don't have to be the expert to sell with audio. You don't even have to do the actual interview yourself. You can set up the interview and hire an expert on the subject to do the interview for you. So that's another real benefit in a myth that people believe they have to be the expert in doing these audio interviews, which is absolutely not true. That's a great point.
0: I like that a lot.
1: A lot of people are insecure with the sound of their voice. They may be insecure because they have a foreign accent, but they can certainly be the puppet master. They can set it up and just get it done and make sure that they retain the rights and get someone to do it better than they could in the first place. Another advantage of doing audio is you're able to dig deeper with an audio interview compared to writing alone. When you have a two-way dialogue, you're able to be like a little kid. You can say, well, why? Well, can you tell me about that? Well, why is that important? Just like a little baby, they'll go, well, why? Why should I do that? Why? Why? And if you keep asking why to your interview subject, you can allow them to go into deeper reasonings behind some of the benefits of their product or service. A couple more benefits I want to outline that your listeners may experience doing audio interviews is doing audio interviews and creating the final product is very fast. If you have the tools and you're skilled in doing them yourself, or you hire someone who knows how to record an audio interview and knows how to do the editing, you can put out a product within hours from the time you do the actual audio. And another great benefit are the huge margins, and we talked about selling systems and seminars. By having audio, you're really making it convenient for your listener to absorb that information. And we also touched on it with iPods and the mechanisms out there to deliver your message. One of the best benefits is the convenience of getting that information into your potential prospect's head. Enthusiasm can really be transferred effectively with audio, more so than you can get in the printed word. There are good copywriters who are very effective in doing this, but I don't think they can touch the emotional impact in the inflection of the human voice. One of the interviews I did, he had said, You can't create passion. You can hear the passion in the voice of the person being interviewed or the interviewee. And audio interviews allow you to transfer that passion to your listener in a way that can't be duplicated on paper, in my opinion. These are just some of the main benefits I've experienced, and that I know any of your listeners who start using audio and in audio interviews to promote their product or service will find to be true.
0: Absolutely. And it's like you're basically opening up your kimono, Michael, sharing with us the business model that you've set up for yourself that is providing you with a lot of success.
1: I'm just telling you like it is. If you asked me three or four years ago would I think these to be true, I wouldn't have any idea unless I did them. So I'm just showing you the results in what I have found to be true just by doing audio interviews and recordings for my own business.
0: That's very much appreciated, I know, for our listeners. Okay, Michael, so you've sold me and you've probably sold a few other listeners on starting their own audio programs. What's involved as far as the technical aspects are concerned? What type of equipment do we need and that sort of thing?
1: All I can do is share in what I'm using currently. Now, there are other websites and other people who sell all kinds of expensive equipment out there that push the idea that you need the highest quality recording to be effective in doing this. I disagree with that. I don't think you need to sound like a professional radio station delivering this super high content Of audio, Every once in a while, I'll get people who say the quality of your audios just aren't that good. Now, four years ago, when I started doing audio interviews, I was using some online software called Modem Spy, which wasn't a very high-quality audio. But now, I just use a simple digital recorder. So let me tell you what I've been using currently. And there may be better tools out there, but this is what I've been using very inexpensively and very effectively. And anyone can do this for very little money. So the first thing you're going to need is a digital recorder quarter. The particular digital recorder I use is a Sony ICD dash ST25. It's about twice the size of a pack of chewing gum and you can pick it up at Circuit City for probably $80. This will record your audio. Now how do you get the audio onto that recorder through the telephone? You need to go to Radio Shack or go online to RadioShack.com if you walk in there tell them you'd like the unit that allows you to record phone calls both ways and they have several units. There's one that has a little suction cup that sticks on the phone maybe someone has seen that. You do not want that. But there's another one with a little black box and there's a wire that will plug directly into your digital recorder and then there's a wire that will plug into the back of your phone and then there's another wire that will plug directly into the wall socket. It's a little confusing to get set up. I know I had a hard time getting it set up but once it was done I never touched it and it's always worked since then. One very important thing is when you're doing your audio recordings you want to be doing it from a corded phone. When you do an interview you make sure you tell the person you're interviewing, you do not want them on a cell phone, you do not want them on a headset, and you do not want them on a cordless phone. The reason being is you will get interference and static. The best way is by making sure the person you're interviewing has a corded phone, a good old corded phone that plugs into the wall that has the little wiggly cord and they're holding the piece right up to their mouth. You may experience some cases where it's not possible, so you can test a cell phone. And I've done interviews with people on cell phones that have gone good. But you do want to make sure you're getting the best connection possible. Now preparing for the call before we started this call Jim I pressed on my phone here in the United States I pressed star 70 and I have a call waiting service where if a call came in you would naturally hear it beep but because I've pressed star 70 on my phone I eliminate calls coming in so I'm not interrupted by that annoying beep. Now you want to have in your digital recorder fresh batteries. The Sony recorder I have takes AAA batteries. They do have enough model that you can plug into an electrical outlet where you do not have to go through batteries and I would probably recommend that because I do go through a lot of AAA batteries so try and find a device that doesn't rely solely on batteries. Another thing I do when I'm doing the actual recording is I turn my computer speakers off, I turn the lamp or any kind of electronics cell phones, I get the other phone in the other room off and the ringer off and I don't want any kind of electrical interference as well. Sometimes Sometimes your digital recorder will do some funny things and maybe out of 10 or 20 recordings you may get one that has all this interference and you can't figure it out and I still haven't figured it out but I want to make sure that I limit anything like that so I turn off any kind of electrical components that may interfere with my Sony recording. So this is all in preparing for your call. Many people ask me, well do I need to get a recording release? That's like a legal document that they have to read, fill out, and sign. I have found in my experience that it always inhibits getting the interview done. When I get on the phone with them, I just say, you understand, I am going to be recording this call. I let them know that I will be using this recording on my website, hardtofindseminars.com. Down the road, I may package this recording and sell it as a product, and I need to make sure before we start doing this interview that I have your permission and that you understand this. And they'll say yes, and you have your recorder on. So you get their verbal permission on the phone right before you're doing the recording, and then over all these years, I've never... Never done a recording where it's ever been a problem,
0: okay? got it. How are you handling that, Jim? The same exact way, just by intuition, really. Okay, good.
1: A lot of people ask me, well, how do you get the content for preparing for your interviews? There's several different kinds of interview styles. One of the easiest is called the outline, or the table of contents interview. Let's say I'm going to be interviewing an expert on how to buy cars. Well, I'll go to Amazon.com, and I'll type in how to buy cars, and I will find probably 10 or 20 books on how to buy cars. And on Amazon, they allow you to look inside the book. In all cases, they allow you to look at the table of contents. Now, you may have some best-selling books on how to buy cars that the editors and the publishers and the authors have worked very hard in developing the content of that book. Well, you have all the subjects right there of things that you can talk to your interviewee subject about right there in the table of contents of these books up on Amazon.com. So when doing the interview, you want to have potential subjects to talk about. Now, these have already been organized. You could take three or four or five different books and compare all their outlines and take the most common talked-about subjects, and these can become the subjects that you ask your questions about. So that's called the outline interview, and you'll never run out of stuff to talk about as long as you have a table of contents that you can borrow from Amazon.com books that are already published. Is that easy
0: or what? That's too easy. Okay.
1: Another great way, if you have a customer list or people that you can survey, this is called the questionnaire interview. And these are by far one of the easiest types of interviews. And what I do is if I'm going to be interviewing an expert, I may send out an email to my list that says, on Tuesday, I'll be doing an interview with Joe Vitali on how to make money doing hypnotic writing. And now is your chance to ask Joe any question you want on the subject of copywriting, NLP, and hypnotic writing writing. When you email me your question, I will mention your name and your website, and you let them know in the email that this interview will be played thousands of times to people all over the world, and they have a chance of their website being heard on the audio interview. So you give them a reason why they want to send in their best question, and the reason most people would think would be because they want to learn from Joe Vitale, and that is partly true. But by throwing an extra incentive by saying that you'll mention their name and their website, They get a chance of having someone listen to their interview and go to their website. You basically got to bribe them in providing a question. So I'll email this out to my list and I'll get tons of questions that come in and then I'll print out all the questions or I'll organize them and then I'll send them to my personal assistant and I'll have her categorize these questions. And if the interview is going to be an hour, I'll have her pick out the best questions, the most provocative questions. I'll have her eliminate the doubles because you'll find many people have the same questions. and I'll have this list of questions in front of me. And then when I'm set up to do the interview with Joe, I say, well, here's a question from Jim Peake from MySuccessGateway.com. And Joe, he asked, well, Joe, how is it one can start out as a hypnotic copywriting expert? And then I shut up and I let him answer. And then I just go on, well, here's a question from Jane Morrow. And you just go through the list. And the hard part is done asking a question that's going to get him talking about a subject that someone's interested in. And the magic about this form of interview is, you are surveying the market of what they want to learn. Your market is telling you exactly the information they want to know from this expert. And how can you beat that? This way you don't have to dream up what your potential prospect wants to know. You've asked him directly so you are delivering the exact content that your market has asked you for. And then as they're answering these questions, you can interject and dig. Remember I talked about being the little kid? You can say, well, why is that? How can I benefit from that? And that's your job, is to be a little kid, be a little pest, and dig and make them go deeper and shut up and just listen. That's the survey question type interview.
0: Michael, just to go one step further on that digging, that's really where you get a lot of the detailed information and the gold out of the expert. You know, some of the
1: greatest interviewers, you know, they were just talking about Ed Bradley. What was it about him that made him such a great interviewer? And it's the interviewers who aren't afraid to ask the hard questions. No one likes a softball interviewer. You want the guy who's going to ask the questions that everyone else is afraid to ask. And that's one of the characteristics of being a great interviewer, not letting your fear get in the way of asking the good stuff, the stuff that you really want to know, which is the same stuff everyone else wants to know, but they're too afraid to admit it. So you're doing a real service by asking the questions that you know everyone wants to know, but is too afraid to ask. Yep, absolutely. One additional type of interview is what I call the story interview, and this is just a chronological event type interview. It's very effective, and it just allows you to ask questions in a timeline, and you would start off, well, Jim, where were you born? What was your childhood like? What did your mom do? What did your dad do? And then where did you go to school, and how did that get you into doing this? You You just talk about all the previous experiences they had up into the subject that they're going to be talking about. Now, these initial questions, you do not necessarily have to use this content in the final production of the interview, but it will allow you to build rapport. And what I have found when doing audio interviews, your best stuff really comes later in the interview. The first part of the interview is a little uncomfortable, maybe, depending on who you're talking about, but your interview subject, as time goes on, as they get in the groove, as they're sharing, as they're more comfortable, they really start to open up, and that's where you're going to find the... best stuff. Now this story type interview is effective in giving them time to get to that point. You don't necessarily, again, have to use this in your final production of the interview, but it does allow time for them to get warmed up, as I would say. So you can just go through a chronological event, their work experience, how did they get into internet marketing? If I ask you, how did you get into internet marketing, Jim? And how did this whole idea of mysuccessgateway.com start? And you just answer the questions chronologically, and then we just record that and you still dig deeper like a kid. So those are the three types of interviews that I do most and some of the easiest ways. There may be others, but these are the ones I've found to be most effective.
0: You know, I'm intuitively using those styles myself without even realizing that I'm using those styles. This is Jim Peake, by the way, from MySuccessGateway.com, interviewing Michael setoff of HardToFindSeminars.com. So we've got the interviews set up, we're doing the interviews, we've got the technical equipment, we're all to go. We've recorded many calls. Let's talk about how we're going to edit this in a format that makes the most sense so that the listeners are getting a quality product out the door.
1: Well, first I want to say I believe a listener can get a quality product with an unedited interview. I used to not edit my recordings and the reason why, it's easy not to edit them. It's hard to edit recordings. It takes time. It costs money. It's very labor intensive. But in the final end, I believe an edited audio audio recording, you will have a finer product that is more valuable. And the most important thing is you're doing your listener a favor by editing the recording. People don't want to listen to interviews where they hear a bunch of ums and ahs and they hear jokes and interruptions and phone calls beeping in and things like that. It's just, in my opinion, sloppy work. And there is a time for it and a place for it. But the interviews I do, now I edit all of them. I may edit an hour's worth of audio, it may take five hours to do the editing, but I believe each one of those audio recordings is a little money-making machine. You would never put up a rough draft of a sales letter on a website, or you would never send a rough draft of a direct mail piece in the mail, would you? Not at all. It's the same thing with audio. You've got to start looking at your audio interviews and your recordings as digital selling messages, selling messages in audio. A lot of people ask, well, what do you edit out? Well, it depends who you're talking to. Some of your interview subjects, maybe you won't have to do any editing. I find myself editing out myself. When my ego gets in the way and I want to interject and get involved in the interview and maybe ask questions, when I go through it, I'm usually editing a lot of the stuff that I say in the interview out. I'll also edit out any beeps or crackles. Many speech patterns you'll find the interview subject, may say and or and ah or um, things that you would edit out in a sales letter, unnecessary words, unnecessary long pauses. There can be a lot of different things to edit out, but by the time you do the editing, you will have a much better product and your listeners will thank you for it. So the editing process can take some time and it takes some skill and some experience, but I would recommend anyone doing audio interviews to find an editor or to learn how to do the editing. Now, I'm going to give you the software that I use to do my editing if you go to a website called goldwave.com. This is a software I've been using for four years. I find it to be the fastest way to edit audio recordings. At least it is for me. I haven't tried too many others, and I use a 4.7 version. It's an older version. They have newer versions, but I can't figure out how to use it. I use what I'm used to using, and this works fine for me. And it doesn't take long to learn the software. So you'll Fine. with a little practice,
0: you'll become an expert editor as well. Are you doing the editing yourself, or are you outsourcing that? I'm
1: kind of like when you go to a dentist and you get your teeth cleaned, you have a hygienist, and then the dentist comes at the very end. Right now, I have two editors who I work with who are kind of like the hygienists. I'll do the audio recording, and then I'll send the entire recording to my editors. They'll go through and clean up the recording, get out the obvious stuff, the beeps, the crackles, the ahs, the ums, and with some experience, they've even been able to to do a little bit more. They send back the recording to me and then I'm like the dentist who comes in and checks everything out. But I will always go through the initial edit process and I will do the final editing. So I'll make the important decisions of what to edit out. I may move something from the front to the back. Now there's a couple things. Everyone's gone to the movies and the reason they go to the movies in many cases is because of the trailer. At the beginning of each one of my audio recordings, as I do the editing and as I listen to the entire recording, I will listen for a part of the recording that is emotionally charged. It may be a statement that came 45 minutes into the recording by my interviewee subject where he was emotional and excited and I'll take that sound bite, that clip, and I'll move it to the very beginning of the recording. It's kind of like taking a headline for a sales letter and I'll put that emotionally charged sound clip at the very beginning of my recording and then I have some music. Anyone listening to my audio recordings know my signature music lead-in before I start my audio recording and I do this because when a listener clicks on that button or they download and they start listening to that audio recording, it's kind of like people will make a snap judgment. They'll make a decision within the first few seconds of whether they want to spend an hour listening to your recording. So I'll take a headline and create excitement from the very beginning because I want them to stick to the recording and listen all the way through. Another way to keep your listener listening is by doing them a service and by offering an introduction of what they're going to be listening to. Set the stage. Introduce yourself, tell them who you are and tell them what this interview is about and outline some of the benefits that they're going to hear in the interview. Give them context of what they're going to be spending and investing an entire hour of their life listening to and tell them reasons why they want to listen to this. This is really critical in keeping the listenership of your audio interviews because you can't sell if you can't get them to listen. And we always go back to servicing your listener and doing them a favor and making their life easier. You don't want them to go into an interview without them knowing what they can expect. That's not going to benefit them. So I always do an audio introduction in my own voice of what they can expect and learn from the audio interview. Also, you're doing something, Jim, very smart, and I've started doing this. These audio interviews are your intellectual property, okay? And they are your medium to do advertising. And you want people to get back to your site, mysuccessgateway.com. Now, in an hour interview, I will interject. I already have them pre recorded, and when I do that, adding its three little clips. I'll say, this is Michael Sinoff with hardtofindseminars.com or I'll say, you're listening to an exclusive interview from Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. I'll do this 10 minutes into the recording, then I'll do it 30 minutes into the recording, and at the end, I'll say, for more interviews like this, go to hardtofindseminars.com because after all, what do we want our interviews to do? We want to provide value and we want them to get back to our website to listen to more so they can buy something from us or in the case, case of someone listening to this recording who's selling consulting services or accounting services or different products we want them to contact you so tell them what they're listening to remind them where they can go to get more or how they can contact
0: you yeah and michael that makes a lot of sense because a lot of times what happens is when these interviews are posted up on the net, they'll get legs and they'll go on to other sites. So you want to make sure that those people that listen to these interviews get back to the origin of the recording.
1: That's right. Now, and I have a lot of different material and subjects up on hardtofindseminars.com at the end of each one of my interviews, you may hear 10 or 20 minutes of, I would just call it advertising. I call them, here's another tip from Michael Sinoff's You See, if someone listens to my interview and they're going for a walk or they're running or they're at the gym, and let's say the interview is 40 minutes, well, with high-speed bandwidth, I may have an hour and 10 minutes of audio on there. I may want to fit 15 minutes of promotion that educates them about my website, that gives them new tips and tricks, that tells them where they can learn about copywriting recordings. I use that extra time to sell and to educate the listener on other things that will bring them back to my site again. So when you burn a CD, do you know you can put up to 80 minutes on a CD-ROM? Well, you may have an audio interview that's only 60. Well, don't waste that 20 minutes. Use that 20 extra minutes to put something else on there to promote a new product or a new service or give someone 20 minutes of a 60-minute interview and at the end of the interview say, to listen to the rest of this interview, go to MySuccessGateway.com. So use this valuable real estate to educate the listener on different things that you have at your website or different services or products that you'd like to sell them.
0: So let's talk about distribution, Michael. Now we've got the site. Now we've got the edited audios up there. How are we going to get that information out to the rest of the free world?
1: The first and foremost and number one way I would recommend anyone get traffic back to their site or back to their telephone or back to their office or back to their mailbox is to produce. Produce an excellent product. A product so excellent that people will naturally tell others about it. But there's other ways that I've been using online to capture names, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, facts, information about my site visitors. And one way I've been using very effectively is by giving out a free CD-ROM. If you go to my website at the home page, you'll see free CD in yellow. And this is a collection of 61 hours of what I feel are my best audio interviews. They're all in MP3 format and they're all on one CD-ROM. But it's not like a CD you put in your CD player and listen to. It's not an audio CD. It's a data CD. So you have 61 hours of my best audio interviews. If you put the CD-ROM in your computer, it'll open up. You'll hear an introduction. Now, I offer to send that CD to anyone in the world for free. And I even pay for the postage. And I've been doing that for years. So I've been sending out thousands of free CDs all over the world, absolutely free. Well why do I do this? To get that free CD-ROM, that person who comes to my website has to enter their first and last name, their email address, their phone number, their fax number. I ask them what kind of business they're in. I ask them for their URL. I ask them how many customers they have on their mailing list. I ask them if they're open to doing joint ventures. And I demand that to get their CD, they have to give me one idea about my website that could benefit the website. They have to give me a suggestion, and they're not going to hurt my feelings, to tell me a way to improve my website. So I'm trading a CD and the cost of shipping to get it to them for feedback on how to improve my website, and I have all this information, not only email addresses, but physical mailing addresses. This allows me the potential to do direct mail. It also, most importantly, allows me to do email. They're put into an automatic autoresponder and sequence, so it allows me to keep in touch with that visitor to be able to educate them, intrigue them, provide them free content, and ultimately to sell them on a product that I have to sell or a service that I provide. That's number one. I also offer the duplication and marketing rights to this actual CD. So anyone who gets this free CD will automatically get the duplication and marketing rights to the CD, meaning they can take the CD, they can duplicate it, they have to use my same artwork that's on the CD, and they can give it out freely. They cannot sell it, but they can use it as a incentive to get someone to buy an additional product or service. There's a lot of value on this CD. So if they're selling a product for $100 and they offer this CD with 61 hours of Free content that can increase the value and help them close more sales or whatever they're selling. Now, at the end of this interview, I'm going to show you a proof and evidence how this CD was able to make me money. You're going to hear a real testimonial with an interview you did with a gentleman named Jeremy Wood, and exactly how this CD was the very start of him becoming a customer of mine, of him listening to my audio recordings, being sold on me, and because of him listening to the audio recordings you'll hear how he continues to be an ongoing, paying, loyal customer of mine, all because of this free CD. I also set up another website called hardtofindads.com, and this is one of the largest swipe files of hard-to-find advertisements, editorial-style ads that one can find, and copywriters and people doing promotions and sales letters can go to this site. They have to fill out all their information to access the site to see all the ads, and this is a way for me to collect more names. So what am I giving out? I'm giving out hard-to-find ads that no one could find, world-class copywritten ads for from Brian Keith Foyles, from Gary Halbert, Jeff Paul, Claude Hopkins, Eugene Schwartz, and many others. So if someone goes to hard-to-find ads, they'll see a totally free site, but to get in, they have to trade me their information. And I'm also asking for more valuable information. How many people do they have on their customer list? Are they open to joint ventures? What is the one thing that really frustrates them about copywriting? I'm fishing and collecting data that I can use to sell them down the road, that I can learn about my customers. So this site provides me a lot of traffic, and it also naturally leads them back to -to hardtofindseminars.com, where I have products that I want to sell. The most effective way that I've used to generate traffic to my site is by having just my free audio recordings on my site. And as I mentioned, I have them in transcript form and PDFs. They can read the HTML transcripts while they're listening to the audio, or they can download the MP3s. And these free audios have intrigued people enough to get them to come back more and more and to recommend their friends go.
0: So are you doing any banner ads or pay-per-click ads or link trading or anything of that sort? I am doing none of that.
1: No banner ads, no Google ads, no advertising whatsoever except for these methods that I'm talking about here.
0: So that's very cost-effective for you.
1: Other than the production cost of my audio recordings, I'm not paying for any outside advertising except to host my server and my websites. I also built another site called Executive Audio Institute. Now on this site, is just the audio recordings section of my Hard to Find Seminar site. So there's no products being sold, but it's a site that just offers the audio recordings, the transcripts, but as people listen to the recordings and as they download the transcripts, it is designed to lead them to my main site, hardtofindseminars.com, to sell them a product or a service that I have available. The transcripts are very effective in generating traffic to my site. As I say, I want to make it convenient to get the content in people's head, so I transcribe every word of each one of my audio recordings and I upload that transcript and convert it into PDF. I have the introduction that you would see on my site all there in a transcript. Each transcript could act as a book on its own and this makes it very convenient for people who like to read. So having convenience and having the printed transcripts of each one of the audios makes my site more valuable and pleases the customer and the listener or the reader in this matter on the other end, therefore getting them back more often. Here's something that I Used very effectively in using podcasts. Why don't you explain your definition, Jim, of what a podcast is?
0: Well, a podcast is a digital file being sent down to a digital MP3 player device, and the iPod is obviously the leader in the industry. They're the 800 pound gorilla, and they can be an audio file or it can be audio with video. You'll see a lot of music videos as well as audio files such as this.
1: Right. So if you go to iTunes and you go to the podcast section, you type in you're searching for marketing, the podcast. Is like its own little search engine for audio files. So if you type in marketing, you are going to see my recordings, the same recordings that are at hardtofindseminars.com, but so you're going to be capturing a new audience, an audience who are interested in listening to podcasts, they're going to see my recordings, and they're going to see a description in the podcast directory on iTunes, they're going to see Michael Sinoff's com. they're going to see the title of the podcast, and they have the ability by clicking on that podcast, downloading it, and listening to it instantly, or loading it onto their PDA or their cell phone or their iPod and having access to that information instantly, but more importantly, they have the ability, if they're online, going directly to the main source of where the podcast is published, and it gets them back to my site, hardtofindseminars.com.
0: That's a great way to get distribution. Do you find that more people are downloading your files from there or from hardtofindseminars.com?
1: I don't know the exact answer to that, but I do know that I started doing the podcast just about a year ago, and I get a a lot of traffic from the podcast. I get people all the time who say, I listen to your podcast. So good marketing is having a small success with a lot of different things. So my whole goal, like I said, from the very first part of this interview is to get you hooked and to get you back to my website, to use my audio interviews to intrigue you, to educate you, to service you, to get you hooked and wanting more coming back to my website. And the more I can keep you there, the more I can build trust with you, and hopefully I can sell you a product or a service that will make me a profit down the road. But podcasting is growing bigger and bigger every month. And I have also taken advantage of this by submitting all of my podcasts to podcast directories. There are websites popping up all over the place that have directories of all these podcasts. And some of these directories have great search engine rankings in the search engines. So if you type in Michael Senoff, some of the very top rankings on Google, you will see... my recordings and the descriptions of each one of my recordings listed in these podcast directories. And if you're having a hard time getting your site indexed with Google or any of the other search engines, you want to leverage off good ranking with directories. Google and the other search engines love directories, and by being in that directory and having enough content and having your name in the description of the title of your recording or the description of what that audio recording is going to be about is naturally going to give you a better chance of getting someone back to your site even though you may not be listed. Another very effective way in getting exposure and traffic back to your website is by using some of the top websites out there, and eBay is something I've been using even before I started doing audio recordings. eBay's listings are, from what I understand, indexed daily. If you have an auction up on eBay that may say, Jim Peaks My Success Gateway membership, okay, and you have a 10-day auction that costs you 35 cents to list, you'll have exposure on Google or some of the top search engines for 10 days for $0.35. Now, if you go onto any of the search engines and type in a product or a service, you're going to see eBay come up at the top. To find this product or service, go to eBay. eBay is spending hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm sure, to be in these top rankings because they want to move the search engine traffic over to eBay to produce sales and to increase sales volume. So you can leverage off that by having auctions of products or services that you offer listed on eBay. So when you have people searching for different things, your listing will come up in eBay. And I can't go into all the details of how I use this, but basically I take the transcripts that can be 20 or 30 pages of content-rich text, and I sell a link to the audio recording, even though I'm giving it away for free. I sell it to people who come to eBay for $1, but for that $1 auction and for the listing for $0.35, I have all that text in the Google index optimized where it brings me search engine traffic, all leveraging off eBay.
0: That's a great, great idea. It takes a little work to get it set up, but it's very effective, and if you have 150 auctions all
1: on different subjects having the transcripts of each one of them up there continuously on eBay, you're going to capture traffic of people looking for information on that subject not only on Google search engine, but on eBay's as well. So it's all designed to get them back to your site. When you go to eBay and they see Michael Sinoff, which is my screen name on eBay, and they want to learn more about Michael Sinoff, they can click on a little red and blue icon called About Me. When they go to that About Me section, it gives me a chance to sell myself, and you'll see testimonials from people who come to my website and benefit from my audio recordings. And you are legally allowed to have a link to your website in that About Me section on eBay, and it brings them back to my website. You cannot have have a link to your website directly in an eBay auction. They will take your auction down very quickly. So you have to play by the rules with eBay, and if you do play by the rules, you can be creative and use eBay's immense popularity and traffic to direct people back to your site to buy the products or services that you want to sell.
0: That's just great information,
1: Michael. All right. Here's another great one. Each one of your audio recordings, as your listeners develop audio recordings that are designed to sell a product or service, they take those transcripts, and those transcripts are a book. That becomes a book. Why is it a book? Because you call it a book. You can have the transcripts of question and answers and call it a book. It's published content, and you can take that book, turn it into a PDF, and you could offer that book for free or to sell that book, either in a digital format or a printed format, on a wonderful website called lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U dot com. I have each one of my audio transcripts up there listed in Lulu. You get to write the headline of the book, the description. You can upload an image of what your book looks like, and you can offer it for free or you can sell it. But why do I do this? Because I want the exposure and I want to leverage off Lulu's incredible search engine ranking. If anyone goes to Google right now and they type in Michael Sinoff, they will see Lulu's website site, probably three or four up from the top, which gets them to one of my descriptions of my books, and obviously, if you like that description and you want to see what else this publisher, which is Michael Sinoff, has available, you'll see over a 100 books or 100 transcripts, each with their own description and headlines, all designed to educate and get them back to my site. Lulu is a wonderful way to leverage their status in the search engine rankings, and I've been using that as well. Another wonderful way is using Amazon's immense popularity, and you can get people to leave you testimonials on Amazon, and Amazon's pretty sophisticated. You could go into Amazon and do reviews and write testimonial reviews on books within your niche, so I can go in and review Joe Vitale's book or any marketer's book, and I can include my name and tell my story. I could say, this is Michael Senoff, CEO of hardtofindseminars.com. I've read Joe Sugarman's book, Triggers and Here's what I really liked about it. Here's what I didn't like about it. And I can list my name, and I may be able to even drop the name of my website or interject a story about why I liked it and include something that is designed to get people back to my site. So you're leveraging off existing websites that have great search engine status. This is the end of Part 2 of my interview with Jim Peak of MySuccessGateway.com. Please continue to Part 3.